Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello, Night Nation. I'm Trey Stroko from the Sons of UCF, joined by Eric Lopez of the Black and Gold Banneret. Welcome to Around the Kingdom. Elo, happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving to you, Trace. Welcome back, or are you back? Coming up, we're going to break down whether Trace made it out of Lubbock, Texas, as well as the Knights' loss to Texas Tech and look ahead to Houston. Plus, is it a marquee men's basketball win if you can't find it? All coming up on the <laughs> fastest UCF show around the game. Uh, before we get going into all of that, let us welcome in the third member of our team, Adam Eaton from the Sons of UCF. He keeps an eye on the clock and keeps us on our toes. Adam, hello. Gentlemen, uh, happy Thanksgiving to both of you. I'm thankful for Around the Kingdom and thankful that all of you can watch this on an actual computer screen. <laughs> all right, we'll check back with you, Adam, and a few. Elo, uh, it's been a long season in the making. Red Raider week has come and gone. Uh, I believe I predicted that UCF uh, would, yes, would yes. stumble in Lubbock, and boy, did they, uh, falling to one in four in Big 12 games, uh, still fighting to get bowl eligible. Texas Tech 24, UCF 23. We titled this, What Went Wrong? <laughs> what was your uh, most notable What Went Wrong? Well, you said there would be a meltdown in Lubbock, uh, as you described it before the season, and it was a meltdown when it came to the kicking game. Colton Boomer misses an extra point, had another one blocked, just kicked was low, missed a field goal, empty-handed, and that really proves costly when you lose by a point on the road. Not his fault, though offensively great start in the first quarter with 14 points only scored nine the rest of the way didn't put texas tech away trace yeah and let's talk about uh the play before the half big what went wrong uh mismanagement of the clock i asked john rice plumley about it during the uh, media availability early in the week asking 22 seconds left on the clock you're basically running around and and i said up in the press box, he just burned 10 seconds here uh, not knowing, of course, that the next play would be what it would be. Uh, poor clock management. Also, by the way, that by the way, that's the defense that we uh, we've come to know. Not that one that stopped Ollie Gordon, held him to 25 yards in a domination over Oklahoma State, but the one that could not stop uh, Texas Tech's talented running back Taj Brooks when it mattered most. And you know, even if they make the extra point, do you have confidence that the defense stops Texas Tech? They were rolling down the field, collecting first downs and burning through the clock. Well, the issue was you mentioned it right before the half. You got to get at least three points there. You got nothing. Third quarter, you have another drive in the red zone. Miss field goal, no points. Fourth quarter, another drive into the red zone. Get a field goal. Three points out of three red zone uh, opportunities. 
not going to done their trades. They just didn't put Texas Tech away, and it allowed Brooks to take over the game in the fourth quarter on the defense. That's the thing. They didn't put this team away, and that's been the story this season. One and three now in Big 12 in close games. Think about the close games. Baylor didn't put them away. Oklahoma didn't put them away. Texas Tech led all three games. You led late in the game, and you didn't put those teams away. Yeah, turnovers, by the way, as well. The UCF gets a turnover, can't capitalize on it. I don't know what John Rice Palmy was doing, lobbing the ball up, another duck, another floater uh, picked off, and that leads to points for Texas Tech. Back to Taj Brooks. When I looked at the stats at half, he had six carries, and I thought, oh, God, this guy is well-rested to just roll in the second half, and, and he just pounded away, and especially on that last drive. Again, I don't know that UCF gets out of there with a victory, even with that extra point, but you can see all of the moments. Penalties, too. Uh, they've gotten a little bit better about that and then went back to their old ways. UCF this season, Trace, in the fourth quarter, outscored 116-87 to 87 this year. Not good. And they're now 29-19 and 19 in their last 48 games. But there had were some positives, in particular for Trace, who got to see his beloved Lubbock, Texas, back. <laughs> what was your favorite positives from the, the game there, Trace, for you? Uh, and again, we need to disclaim that just because I thought UCF would lose this game does not mean that I was rooting <laughs> for the Red Raiders. T T T times two? No, I mean, I, you know. by the way, the initials are all over <laughs> Lubbock. It was uh, it was quite uh, a welcome. Uh, the strong the strong start, right? You look at how they they piled on the points against Oklahoma State, forty five three a week earlier, fourteen nothing. You just mentioned it, not being able to put them away, but they jumped out and they had two fourth down stops of Texas Tech, which were also consequential. That was back to your point of putting them away. You stop them on two fourth downs, they don't get points. You get that 14 nothing lead. You got to keep adding to it. You can't keep a team like Texas Tech, which was fighting for its own bowl eligibility, right? With Texas this week, they looked at those two games and they said, what's the better opportunity? Uh, it's beating UCF at home on their senior night, and they did just that. See, I actually think the defense was a positive. You mentioned the fourth down stop by the defenses. What about the interception they got turnover-wise? Look, let's be real. If you would have told me they were going to give up 24 points on the road in the Big 12 to a Big 12 team, you got to win that game. To me, the defense, I know they got run over by Brooks, but Brooks is talented. He just made the Doak Walker semifinals uh, list. To me, the defense did more than, than their own. To me, this loss was on the offense and the special teams, Trace. And I still think the defense, while it's got some holes, I like still some of the young guys stepping up and making plays there. I think that's a positive. Yeah, I agree with you that there are several young guys that have made a name for themselves. So the trial by fire for them throughout the course of this season. Still, when it mattered most, the defense did not make a stop. I don't disagree with you that the offense needed to do more. Nonetheless, UCF fighting now for bowl eligibility comes down to the last game at home. They can't get the job done in Lubbock. Uh, speaking of Lubbock, Elo, this was the first time, I believe it's the first time, I'm pretty sure, that I've made all road games. We'll Ooh. see what happens with the bowl and the timing of that. <laughs> uh, and, uh, and I think I've seen all of Lubbock in about 24-hour period of time. You did. Uh, so you have been to every trip now in the Big 12. I'm very curious to see how you're going to rank this. To me, Oklahoma, I would assume, is number one among others. But give me, give me your, give me your rankings now. You've done every road trip, Big Twelve. How would you rank them? I will say it's not Oklahoma. The, there was a really? specialness to Oklahoma, but the best game experience was Kansas State. 
uh, all over the town, the people, the game day environment, the students packing their section, everybody being in their seats, watching the band pregame, the seasoned veteran crowd, generations of Kansas State fans. They take their football seriously. Best game day experience was Kansas State, probably Oklahoma next. Uh, Texas Tech was right up there. They do a good job. I will say Cincinnati, it felt like an American Athletic Conference game. Uh, it did not have that same feel. And maybe I'm buying into brand a little bit, uh, but it did not feel as special. And, and Kansas was not uh, the best atmosphere on the night. So uh, probably Kansas State one, Oklahoma two, Tex Texas Tech three, Kansas four. And I'm not really going to count Cincinnati. Oklahoma is going to the SEC, so we will not have to. We'll not be going back there at some point during this Big 12 run. We'll be going back to these places. Which ones would you recommend? Would you go back to? Which ones you would not want to come back to? While it is a two-hour drive uh, from Kansas City, Kansas State is a good experience. Uh, I will tell you, and the, the difficulty with travel around Lubbock, I'm even doubting when they go back there in a couple of seasons whether I would want to make that trip again, just because of how challenging it was. I think Kansas is a trip to do, but for basketball, that's for the basketball. one you got to do. Basketball, watch Blog Allen. Of course, you got to get back at some point. Not so easy, uh, Trace, for you and your colleagues from Lubbock. Explain. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I uh, I went to sleep at midnight, got up at three, Uber at three thirty, airport at four for a five o'clock uh, boarding and a five thirty departure. Uh, the plane is broken mechanical issues i don't know how they find that out at 5 a.m but then the flight is delayed i don't even know when that flight took off because i flew standby on another flight to get to dallas while in the air i got canceled on that flight put on a flight to omaha then to orlando i had to talk my way out of that get back on the flight that was from dallas to orlando uh, and I made it back in time, but uh, you mentioned it, colleagues, uh, Brandon Hellwig, UCSports.com. He made it back later than that, could not make the Sunday night media availability with the coordinators. Matt Michelle was still in Lubbock when the coordinator interviews were starting, oh, uh, just oh because God. of the timing of his flights. It was not uh, easy to uh, to return from. Look, we can joke about this, but this is, to me is a concern, Trace, moving forward is this league, and we're going further west as we expand with Colorado and Arizona, Arizona State and Utah. And you know this, certainly football, you know, men's basketball, we hope, uh, will fly charter. So they shouldn't have the issues that you did and Matt did. But some of the Olympic sports are going to have this issue if they don't fly uh, charter. They're going to be flying commercial. And if you're a fan, how are you supposed to support your team with this? Is this, is this you know, sustainable uh, if you're a fan or a media person moving forward? That's my concern. Well, I talked to Jenny Meyer, volleyball coach, earlier in the season about their tech, Texas Tech trip, and it took them, you know, two flights to get there, and it was a long, for right, a volleyball match on a Wednesday night. They got to leave, they they got a day there to practice, the, the flight back, not easy for fans. Now, some of the airports for next season, Dallas, Phoenix, a little bit easier, but you still have a lot of travel. It's a whole day out. Softball's going to Lubbock. You might want to give Coach Ball Malone some advice. Any advice? <laughs> Fly charter, okay? <laughs> spring for it. If you only get one, spring for it, <laughs> right? They're saving money. They're in that Clearwater tournament. They're not having to spend money on dress. Save it for the, the charter to uh, Lubbock. Let's bring back in Adam. Have a little bit of fun. Time for a silly game. 
All right, gentlemen, before I get to the silly game, though, what uh, what's not silly is the sultry spirit, because they are the place you need to get in touch with. If you want to have some fun with a party holidays coming up, you may have a party planned. Sultry spirit. They have bartenders or mobile service will come to your place. Signature cocktails, creative twists. It'll be a, a, a rollicking good time. Uh, and you want to use them for all those experiences. Here's what you can do. Follow them at the sultry spirit on Instagram or call 941-567-7062 and let them know what you need. They will figure it out. They'll get creative. They'll hook you up. You'll have a great experience, a great party. You tell them you heard about it from the Suns of UCF and around the kingdom, 10% off and a free gift. Again, at the Sultry Spirit, 941-567-7062. Are they available yeah. to come to airports at the crack of dawn? I'll check. I'll check, on the, I'll check on the Lubbock. Um, ex, uh, I don't know if they have a Lubbock arm of their business yet, but we will, we will check on that. Uh, gentlemen, Thanksgiving week, and, and obviously this is the time to give thanks. So this week's game is simple. I'm going to give you a, a phrase. You tell me thanks or no thanks. Thanks means you agree. No thanks means you don't agree. So here we go. I'll start with you, Eric. Knowing what you know now about UCS football season and where we are, you wish Thomas Castellanos had stayed. Thanks or no thanks? Thanks, because I think Castellanos would have had an opportunity to play. Maybe he makes a difference in the Baylor game. And then you have a better, maybe more clarity in who your starting quarterback is next year. No, thanks. Doesn't want to be here. See ya. Whoa. Wow. Woo. Hell, no. <laughs> Very cold door. All right, Birdell. Wow. All right. Not in the holiday spirit. <laughs> Understood. All right, Trace. This one starts with you. Uh, a lot of interesting lines of questions this week at the presser with John Rice Plumley about his future. Kind of cagey at what's next for him. So, Trace, here's the statement for you. This week's game of football should be the last game of football John Rice Plumley plays. Thanks or no thanks? Mm. Uh, uh, <laughs> that's a tough one. <laughs> uh, uh, so thanks means I agree with that statement. Is yes, that what thanks that means that this this Saturday's game should be the yeah, last time John yeah, Rice plays football? I think he he has a better opportunity pursuing baseball. Eric, I, are you gonna yeah, are you gonna hedge as much as Trace just did? No, I would say <laughs> thanks from a football perspective, probably so, but won't be the I don't think no thanks as far as UCF's uniform. I would not be surprised if maybe he's playing baseball in the spring, but I think football wise, yeah, it's thanks. All right, I'm glad you brought up uniforms, Eric. Obviously, the space game uh, happened a few weeks back, but we have Houston to town. There's a little bit of a rivalry about who invented space. I didn't know that was a thing. So, Eric, here is your statement: UCF should surprise everybody and wear the space game uniform again this weekend. Thanks or no thanks? Thanks. That was your best game of the year was wearing that. And Dana Hogerson talking smack about space. And, hey, nobody says, Orlando, you have a problem. Stick it to them. Stick it to them there and bring that to space. Why not? Let's let's change it up. No thanks. I put up with that thing once a year. Oh, I don't well, need to see it again. Even for haven't they win, sold them all? Didn't they auction them all off already? <laughs> aren't people wearing them uh, already for their Thanksgiving uh, festivities? Uh, they're gone, aren't they? No thanks. Done. I'm sure they can. Well, they auctioned them all off. I'm not sure if those are the real ones, but I'm sure they could get them back on loan if they had to, Trace. All right. Last question, silly time. It is Thanksgiving, obviously. Trace, what is your favorite portion of the Thanksgiving dinner? What is there a side dish? Is there a meal? What do you like most about the Thanksgiving dinner from a food standpoint? Mm, from a food standpoint, um, something unusual that would be more of a family recipe. So not of your traditional 
uh, we will typically uh, cook something that was a favorite of my mom's. So uh, something that's uh, more in the family uh, and not one of your traditional foods. Do you have an example of a uh, non-traditional? The recipe that uh, we'll cook is uh, my mom's uh, chicken broccoli casserole. Oh, that sounds delightful. Eric, what's your favorite Thanksgiving dish? Mashed potatoes with butter. It is fantastic. You get the little meat in there on the side. Watching the Cowboys wearing their uniforms they only use like during Thanksgiving and having a weird game. That's Thanksgiving to me. All right. You, you, and last one, it's a bonus question. You guys can settle a long running feud on the Sons of UCF podcast. Eric, I'll start with you. Sure. Thanksgiving dinner plate. Mix it all together or every piece has its own separate little compartment on the plate. Where, where are you? Separate. Got to go separate here. You got to be organized. You don't want to mess. It, it becomes a big mess. It, it's okay. jumbled up. No, it's so Eric has the right answer. Trace, uh, separate or are you mashing that plate together? Well, I'm not mashing it all together. I'm too OCD about some things. They're all in their separate space, but I'm not going to lose my mind if uh, the gravy bleeds into the cranberry. No, but I'm like, is, is the is the turkey going to end up in the in the potatoes and the corn gets on top of all that? Like, I don't have a problem mixing the turkey in with the mashed potatoes and the gravy. Oh, oh man! Oh, you think you know somebody? No wonder you like Texas Tech. Oof! <laughs> I you could probably grab some tortillas there on the way there. Uh, speak. All right, so we got Houston. This Right, uh, Saturday. Should have been a space game anyway to begin with in the start of the year. But more importantly, Trace, Knights need a win to go bowling against Houston. Will they get to go bowling? Goodness, I hope so. I, I don't need the season to end when you're double-digit favorites at home against a reeling Houston team. It's going to be challenging enough for off-season content. Going to be breaking down a team that's five and seven. No, got to get to wow. a bowl. Need to stretch into December. Need bowl prep conversation. <laughs> Need to be talking about that. There's no reason that they should lose. But then, as you mentioned, we've talked about this before with Gus Malzahn. No reason you should lose to Navy. No reason. There's a lot of no reasons you should lose to over the last couple of seasons, and uh, they should beat. Houston, Houston, very weak uh, defensively, uh, gives up a lot of uh, yards on the ground. This should be a feast for the offense. 13 and a half point favorite. Houston is not bow eligible. It doesn't matter. Uh, I'm not sure. Well, what you know what, though? They could get in as, as a five and seven team, right? If they don't have enough bowl eligible teams, they'll take five and sevens. I think we're ahead of them because of our APR or, you know, academic stand, good academic standing. But I mean, they could be fighting still for one of those. Could be, but I, I don't buy it. And I think this is a good matchup. Houston doesn't run the ball well, so we shouldn't have that problem. Houston can't stop the run. They're in the 90s ranked uh, running defense, so we should run all over them. And then Houston should have probably, uh, I think they've given up five of the six games in the Big 12. They've given up 30 points or more. But to your point, we said the same thing last year about Navy and everything. Weird stuff happens. It's a noon kick. What's the atmosphere going to be like in the stadium? You I know mean, the there's... answer to that question already, right? We don't know until we find out. Students I'll find out are out of town. Well, People are selling their tickets. They're doing their Thanksgiving celebration. I'll find out weekend. when you post the photos of all the shots. All right. And well, wear heard... your sunglasses because the sun will reflect off the aluminum bleachers. Wow. That's what that's going to look like. Sun there. That's unbelievable. But UCF should win this game. Senior day. You're playing for your seniors. Uh, obviously, that'll be the other fun part is who's walking and who's not walking, and who's coming back and who's not. That'll be a lot of speculation there. But I'm going to say UCF wins this game. They've had success over Houston over the years. Uh, they should win this. They, they really do. I mean, if they don't, it's shame on them. Well, we're, we still don't have the list of seniors that will be honored, but we know John Rice Plumley 
will be uh, recognized. What do you think his legacy is? You talked about his big game and his win over Oklahoma sure. State. Um, what his couple seasons with the Knights? Where, where do you think he ranks? What do you think his legacy is going to be? I think he's unique. I think it's a cool athlete. The two things that I think people will remember, maybe three things you'll remember positively, the Tulane game last year, the regular season game where he ran all over them, the day where he played baseball and the spring game. That was fun. I called the baseball game. That was a lot of fun. And then the Oklahoma State win where he's celebrating with the fans on the field. I think those are your positives. Um, to me, that's how he should be remembered. I don't, And he's, he's represented the school very well. Some will obviously the critics will say should he have been the starter and all that, but I think the the, the Oklahoma State game to him is to to me is his game version of, of Justin Holman in ECU. He edged on the baseball question, but I would think he's coming back for another season uh, with uh, UCF baseball, so may not seen the last of uh, John Rice Plumley. You talked about it here, this battle for space, the Space Cup, something right? This heated rivalry with Houston. Are you missing the cows this week? a Black Friday showdown or even a Saturday showdown. There's not a lot of juice in this matchup against Houston. No, I don't miss it. And the reason there is no juice is because you got two, a five and six team and a what, four and seven team. That's where the juice is lacking. It's just, if UCF is nine and two or having a better year, we wouldn't have this problem. Now you could argue that they kind of messed up this Houston game because it should, if you're going to do the space game, it probably should be these two schools doing the space game every year. There is history between these two teams. If you listen to the Sons of UCF podcast this week, I think Mike did a fantastic job in his top five Houston games of all time. They've had some memorable games, uh, and he brought up the 05 game. I was there in 18 years ago when UCF was bowl eligible, and the crowds actually literally, literally stormed the field in the Citrus Bowl when they beat Houston and Kevin Cobb. I, I think there's a lot of history. This can be a rivalry, but both teams actually have to produce on the, on the field. And I'm sorry, USF game, we're, we've moved on from that. Well, it is mentioned in bold projections, so perhaps we will see a repeat of the war on I-4. I inadvertently skipped a topic that we will bounce to right now. Neither of these teams, Elo, in the race for a Big 12 no. title, but it does come down to this final weekend in a minute or two even, or longer than that. Can you explain the Big 12 tiebreakers going into this weekend? Listen, we pride ourselves of having the fastest UCF show out there. Uh, the tiebreaker no explanation way. would take it longer than that. It would need a couple hours. All we, it's convoluted. And it's, it's Texas huge. against some. Uh, well, it could be Oklahoma State. I think if they win, if they lose, it could be Oklahoma, Kansas State still in the mix. Texas is obviously the one that controls its own fate. Everybody else. You know, What's the fate. best game? Do you think at the end? I think it's Texas and Oklahoma, the rematch. And I think if you want, you know, I think that's the matchup. I don't know if that's what uh, Brett Yormark wants. but I That think is that, not what Brett Yormark wants. But Texas still has a shot to make the playoff. And I think they might need He wants that, that money. That's the key. That's the key. I mean, some, but that would probably be the game that would draw the most viewers, followed by Texas and Oklahoma State would probably be the two options there that you would want. And the cool thing is somebody's going to get a WWE title as a result, whoever wins the Big 12, because WWE's part of the sponsorship. Huh? Brett Yormark and team always thinking outside the box. It may be Kansas State, though, that is playing uh, best overall ball that gets them into that game and I think has the best chance of winning. So going to come down to the end. I've noticed over the course of the season, Elo, watching more and more Big 12 as I get to know these teams and their coaches and the play style. It is an exciting brand of football week in and week out. 
It is. It's a lot of parody, and that's going to continue even in the future with Colorado, Arizona, Arizona State, Utah coming in. Remember, Utah's been ranked most of the year. They're probably going to be the favorites next year with the the news that Cam Rising, their star quarterback, will be back. And then Arizona's in the top 15 in the polls. So it's not going to get easier for UCF, Trace. And there's going to be a lot of, I think, a different roster next year because there's going to be a lot of guys leaving. Probably a young UCF roster going to deal with that next year. But yeah, yeah. fun Big 12, nonetheless. Let's just enjoy this weekend, final weekend of uh, the Big 12 regular season and uh, UCF and its quest to get into a bowl. That is correct because their season hopefully will extend for UCF beyond this week. One team season that is not going to continue is men's soccer trace. Upset by Vermont in the second round in double overtime. The Knights end the season losing their last three. A team that was ranked number one bowing out in the second round. You were there. You talked to Coach Calabrese and company. What happened? What happened? They just could not stop Vermont, and they made some mistakes defensively. And, you know, I could see where things were wobbling towards the end, but you thought maybe that was tired legs. They had rest here, right? And they're home. So it does diminish, I think, the uh, season, getting to number one. Uh, I think that's going to get lost now in the storytelling of this. Can it be a program-building season? It certainly can. It is a rebound season for them. They uh, you know, represented themselves well in the first year in the Sun Belt. But you don't want to go out that way, losing 3-2 at home in the NCAA, uh, conference, you know, NCAA tournament. I take you back to Halloween night, Trace. UCF was 19 minutes away from winning the Sun Belt regular season title as the number one ranked team in the country. I remember you and I off the air before we going on to record the show, we were debating maybe we lead with men's soccer if they win. Obviously, that didn't happen. They were never the same from that point on. Maybe they peaked too early. Coach Calabrese alluded to you about some injuries behind the scenes. Who knows? But a rough, rough ending into a really good year. They made the tournament record attendance this year. But, a, boy, a bad taste in your mouth. You know it's bad when you make the spoiler alert here if you haven't listened to Sons of UCF podcast yet. Uh, men's soccer made Mike's cow of the, cow of the week. That's that's rough when you've reached that list. You know all well about that list, Trace. Segway, cow of the week. Making Adam's cow of the week list was the men's basketball game that you couldn't find on regular television. <laughs> when, when the word bootleg is coming into conversation, Elo, now the Knights get the win in the Jacksonville Classic held in St. Augustine, uh, okay, um, and they moved to four and one. But the story here is that it will be a win that few saw. A few did see that. And certainly, look, they got a good win against South Dakota State, who's going to make the NCAA tournament more than likely as the favorites in the summit. Charlotte is the defending CBI champions. But, yeah, it was weird because you we had to go through certain channels to follow the game, and it was very bizarre. Adam is the is the is his hometown of Jacksonville. Maybe he'll explain himself here at the end of the show. He was not happy if you follow Sons of UCF on social media. I will say this real quick. Scrappy team. Avery has made a difference since he returned. We haven't talked about this, Trace. He was eligible back in the Fullerton game. He's made an impact. That's been a nice addition to this lineup. And, you know, they, they Diallo averaging big, good rim protector is the best rim protector they've had since Taco Fall. This team will defend. They're going to play hard for 40 minutes. I'm not sure that's going to equate to the Big 12. So let's just cherish all these wins and trophies we get in this, uh, between now and January. 
women off to a positive start as well, moved to 3-0. and I wasn't sure that that was going to be the case when I saw Auburn on the schedule. They struggled for parts against a Division II team in Anderson, but they get the win over Auburn and a promising start uh, for Coach Messer and crew. Well, they're much improved. Auburn's a bottom team in the SEC, though, so let's like hold off on the parade there just yet. Uh, volleyball wrapping up. Losing to Texas, I was there. Record attendance, seven over 1,700, a nearly 1,800 against the defending national champions, Longhorns. But they lose again, RPI 67. They finish up on the road at Iowa State, Kansas. Probably need a split or win both just to be in the conversation for the tournament. But it's a rebuilding year for volleyball. But it was cool, Trace, to have that huge of a crowd for that Texas game. They set program records this year for a single game. And the season, they averaged 1,300 season tickets, up 400 fans from last year. So the Olympic sports fans supported the Olympic sports this year, Trace. Women's soccer had their best attended season in the Sahedek era. Men's soccer, best attendance all in their history of the program. And women's volleyball, best ever in program history. So a lot of, there are positives from this year uh, beyond on the field. They made, I think, uh, good support. And I would say, and we talked about it over the course of the season, while they did not go as far in each of those respective sports as they would have liked to, I think they acquitted themselves well in their first seasons uh, in their various leagues. And you can see with the right recruiting, uh, it's promising for all three of those sports. Uh, UCF remains strong in those sports. And uh, basketball off to a good start. Enjoy those basketball wins now. That Big 12 schedule starts uh, in uh, January. Will the basketball support... Will they get the support? Will that positive of the attendance numbers we saw in the Olympic sports and football, will that carry over to basketball, Trace? That'll be something to follow uh, in the coming weeks and months. I think that's going to be more opponent-driven. Who UCF is playing is going to be who determines that, both sides, men's and women's. Let's bring back in Adam. What do we get right? What do we get wrong? Share your knowledge. I'm glad you asked, Trace. I got some fun facts for you. You mentioned Colton Boomer. 85 straight extra points made until this past weekend. His first miss was his first ever extra point against FAU Mm -hmm. last season. 85 in a row until this last miss. That's unfortunate. You talked about young players. I I really feel like a guy we should talk more about. Nakai Martinez leads the team in interceptions with three, fourth on the team with tackles. I think he's had a really solid year. I know Henderson's flashed in a few games, but I think Nakai has been solid. You mentioned bowl games. There are the opportunities for teams that are five and seven to go to a bowl game. It really depends on if they're not enough six and six teams and you must have the best graduation rate. So if you graduate your players, you have more of a chance to get in there. Trace, I really think you owe Lubbock an apology. I looked this up on flightview.com. The average airport delay at Lubbock is only 12.4 minutes. <laughs> I'm not sure what you're complaining about, Trace. The wow. average 12.4 hours is what I'm complaining about. That's what I'm complaining I don't know. about. I saw 12.4 minutes. That's flightview.com. Average flight delay out of Lubbock. And you mentioned Marcellus Avery. Already after only three games, 12.7 points a game, shooting 35% from three. I do think this guy is going to be a real good player for UCF this year. So excited to have Marcellus on the court for UCF. Definitely. And finally, one more thing. Survey Monkey says, least favorite Thanksgiving foods, Elo. Let me know if any of your favorites are on the least favorite list. Five, stuffing and dressing. Four, turkey. <laughs> turkey is on the least favorite. Three, I'll agree with this one, green bean casserole. Zero interest in that. Two, sweet potatoes or yams. And number one, least favorite, cranberry sauce. Wow, cranberry sauce. Cranberry sauce. Wow. Cranberry. By the way, mashed potatoes, ninth. Ninth on the list. Add some butter. You'll like it. 
<laughs> uh, look for new episodes midweek every week on the Sons of UCF YouTube channel. The audio feed drops as well wherever you get your downloadable content. We thank Adam. We thank you, Eric Lopez. And we thank you for watching Around the Kingdom. I'm Trey Strelko. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Sports Social Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.